Hello and welcome to the Camping Crew Podcast with Chris and Aaron. Hi everybody and welcome to episode 46 of the Camping Crew Podcast. I'm Aaron Birchall. And I'm Chris Byrne. This is meant to be a fun podcast. We are just enthusiasts on what we discuss on the podcast are just our own personal views. And we look into a few of the items that you guys have asked us to look into through correspondence. We normally start off with follow ups and shout outs, but we're actually going to start off with a little bit of sad news today. Chris, what have we got? Yeah, there was a posting on Facebook from Kilmore Key uh, campsite um, just regarding um I suppose the forthcoming year and opening in that um, Alice there posted I was upset to write the post myself knowing that all of you would be as upset as I'm about our little park in Wexford the county council did not cause this problem they're trying to resolve the issue the problem is with three individuals that are objecting against her overflow field she said I've had huge support from 99% of the lovely people of Kilmore Key the local business are just as upset as I am as it affects their business and we all value and appreciate everyone who has visited the Kilmore Key Holiday Park and they're working to make uh, this right so uh, it looks like they've had a, a an objection a planning objection which is going to cause some problems we're not sure if the whole campsite is closing or if it's just the overflow field but um we'll post some clarification that we get it now i know that alice herself posted again last night to say she wanted to thank all the local businesses and the people of kilmore key and everybody who signed there's an online signature um as well as a, a local one for the camping park in support of the camping park so she's just thanking everybody uh, for that as well if you do see that online signature on facebook i suggest everyone go and sign it in support it's an absolute fantastic campsite. Uh, Charlie, myself and Deirdre were there. Actually, Paddy's weekend a couple of years back and we've done a video which is up on Charlie and me. Alice is lovely. I've yet to read a bad comment about her. I follow a lot on TripAdvisor. I've yet to read a bad comment about the campsite on TripAdvisor. And I've we actually got caught in a rainstorm, Chris. Myself, Deirdre and Charlie were, walked downtown and we got caught in a very heavy storm. And one of the local stores, a lady in a flower shop, closed her shop, got her van and dropped us back up to the campsite. And in the in the short five minute drive, she was saying and, and the 10 minutes while we were in the shop sheltering from the rain, she was saying that it's a fantastic amenity and that all, all the people in the town are loving it, even though they still get wild campers. It is great to see that it's a great facility. So we wish her the best and we will. We'll keep you updated. In fact, I'll give Alice a buzz uh, during the week and hopefully I'll have something from the horse's mouth, so to speak, for our next podcast. Yeah, it sounds like a, a great campsite and the community in Kilmore Key seems like they're all out to support each other. So hopefully like some of those objections will be dealt with and she'll be able to open um, the campsite and the overflow area as well. It'd be great. Yeah, I think she, no, she was due to open Paddy's weekend and I think that's put off for the moment. But uh, watch this space or listen in again and we'll keep you updated as we get more information. So this is where we go to follow ups and shout outs. And Tony Grant was on to you. Yeah, he sent us a message via Twitter to see if we had any thoughts regarding the tax rise on motorhomes that um, that raises the vehicle excise duty to VED in the first year of buying new motorhomes. Uh, this is in the UK, and that rise has gone from 265 uh, sterling up to possibly 2,100 sterling. Um, seems like a, a massive increase in the cost of a buyer registering, registering a new camper van uh, or motorhome in the UK. Now, I know their system is really different to the way we do it, isn't it? 
It is different. And it's it's VED in the UK and it's VRT over here. Um, I made a call to Cara Motorhomes and Aoife is great for giving us a little bit of information on stuff like this. And the VRT in Ireland, some people have different different thoughts on this. They say that it's the value of the camper van and it's 13.3% of the open market sale price of the van or the motorhome. So you may import a van for, you may get somebody like we'll say Pat Butler, who we spoke to last week, may import a van for 10 grand, but that's not what the VRT is paid on. It's paid on the final open market sale price of the van, but it's at 13.3%. And of course, tax over here on a van, on a camper van, a motorhome, is, it's either 102 or 105 euro, regardless of the age or value. But I do know the UK, there are a couple of people fighting it in the UK, and it's all based around CO2 emissions. And that's why this new law is coming in. Yeah, there's quite a few um, different groups that are lobbying um, Boris Johnson, his government, to to change that ruling. They feel it, it, it's very unnecessary. Um, I know some of the local uh, England-based motorhome manufacturers are very much involved in all that, and a number of politicians are, are out supporting them as well. So, look, we do have quite a lot of listeners in the UK, um, uh, you know, uh, England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland, uh, and uh, much further afield as well. So, certainly, uh, it's not going to encourage people to, to bring in and to, to purchase new, new vans as well if there's a, a huge hike. Yes, definitely. And if any of those listeners uh, want to get in touch, if you hear anything more on this, we'll give you the contact details at the end of the podcast. And we would love to follow up on this and we'll, we'll keep you informed as best we can. And that's it. I think we would love to have a, a 265 euro vehicle registration uh, price in Ireland as well. Uh, our system is definitely... Uh, geared to to part us with a a lot more money let's do a campsite review from campsitereview.com um we we ask you to join the forum it's free and just literally review camping products or indeed campsites or stopovers where you've been um bolto 02 was on to say that he stayed at brandon hill camping park during the summer just gone in 2019 and they really enjoyed it very nice camping and motorhome site with glamping pods as well the toilets showers and chemical disposal available on site great facilities for cooking with a very good campus kitchen and dining area also kids play area and beautiful views of both brandon hill and Greg Namana, the village. The village itself can be reached within a 10 or 12 minute walk by foot. And Ken, the owner, couldn't do enough to make us feel welcome. So we would recommend a visit there to Brandon Hill Caravan and Camping Park in Greg Namana in County Kilkenny. There's actually a video up on Charlie Amir Camping Vlog when we visited Ken in the summer of last year. If I'm not mistaken, that uh, review, uh, uh, Bolto 02, that's Tony who did the um, the review for us of the self-build, or the interview, should I say, for the self-build. So um, thanks um, to uh, Bolto or, or Tony, if that's yourself. Um, great review, and I hear a lot of people talk about that campsite as well. One of the things I liked about it when myself and Charlie went up to meet Ken is he rents out tents. Now, I think he has three or four pods, but he will rent out, you know, the, the, the five man, the two bedroom, five man family tent. And all you have to do is bring your bedding. And it's for people who think we might like this crack. He's kind of saying, well, look, mom and dad, you take the pod and put the kids in the tent and he, he'll pitch the tent right beside one or two of the pods. And I think it's a great idea. I think he's three five man tents that he will only pitch when they're being booked for, for rented for the weekend. 
it's a great way to see if you want to get into camping with with the tent end of camping. So well done to Ken and his wife for coming up with that idea. Yeah, or even just to bring some extra family members along with you as well, or if the kids want to experience a bit of tent camping and the adults have the motorhome or vice versa, um, it, it's a good option to have. Yeah, and the campus kitchen is fabulous. Usually, you know, the way you have to pay for to use electric cookers or hobs or whatever. Everything is free and there's utensils there. And it's a very, very big campus kitchen with big breakfast bars and high stools and plenty of PowerPoints for charging up uh, your phones and your tablets and stuff as well. So well done. And again, Bolto 02. Thanks for that. It's Brandon Hill Caravan and Camping Park in County Kilkenny. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I think we'll move now to our camping tips section and one thing that I suppose when we got our motorhome first that absolutely drove me nuts was the um did all the different rattles and sounds and it took me a long time to get used to the different noises the motorhome makes kind of when we're driving it and you know I suppose over the first kind of six months to a year uh, I spent identifying where the rattles were coming from and and how to kind of quiet them down as much as possible and I suppose I saw a, a conversation on Facebook a few weeks back and I made a note of it just definitely something uh, probably more for newbies and different little tips and tricks you can for keeping that noise down to a minimum. I think now the motorhome could be howling and rattling and I wouldn't hear anything. I'm just so used to it at this stage, you know, but certainly uh, we have put together a, a few tips to help people kind of um, reduce that noise if, if, it, if it drives them mad as well. Yeah, we'll start off with cups and plates, I suppose. Well, the cups you use non-stick mats in the presses to stop them from sliding around. So when you brake or accelerate, uh, they're not going to do anything. The first thing I would say is, plastic utensils i remember my first camping trip i actually brought plates and cups and saucers from the house and i was only driving to wexford and again which is what an hour from here and again i got to wexford i had lost practically all of the plates and most of the cups so i would say start off by using plastic utensils and anything but delf and then you start putting little separators in between them which will help them stopping when they're knocking together bits of kitchen roll or you can get separators of that non-stick mat and that'll stop the cups and the plates from rattling yeah i think even something as simple as even a sheet of kitchen roll or even what i've seen people do is put paper plates you know the disposable paper plates Mm -hmm. between them and they're handy if you run out of plates and you haven't washed them up you can use the paper plates then to uh, as an emergency um it's handy but kitchen rolls is, is really good for stacking bowls as well if they're creaking or rattling just put them between each each um each bowl and it should take some of the noise down i did see a, a neat t- trick for cutlery you know you have a, a drawer full of cutlery and as you're driving along going over bumps you can hear them rattling there's a couple of different methods. So there's the easy way, which uh, somebody suggested, put a tea towel on the bottom of the drawer and one over the cutlery to dampen the noise. They mentioned then an advanced method if you wanted to do is you could put your tea towel on the bottom of the drawer and then use a go-go or strong elastic to keep all your knives together and to keep all your forks together, your spoons together. So just a, a go-go elastic to keep all the, the, the you know the same things together like all the spoons uh, and that mm-hmm. and that's uh that was something i actually saw on twitter from wandering bird um just i suppose to give a, a shout out now there's a fancy option as well for the cutlery and i really like this one but i don't think i'll be doing it you can actually get these um very fancy looking cutlery wraps so it's like a it's got uh, four little pockets one for uh, a knife one for a 
a spoon, one for a fork and one for a small spoon and it all rolls up and you know and you roll it out on the table in front of you then but uh, yeah. might be a that's bit much. Lo- that's, that's a lot of money talking again I think if you're <laughs> going to go down that row. Though I think the tea towel and that, that's the only thing that I don't mind the rattle of and I've got to be honest our utensil drawer is deep enough in our van that they don't rattle around and then like that we're only carrying four knives for spoons for forks you know so we're not we're not carrying quite a lot but i think the handiest one there is just throw a tea towel the only thing that rattles on us and it was the same in the last camper you know when you put the glass we have a glass top that goes down over the cooker and that rattles a bit so we actually have um, a draining um mat that when i'm washing the delf i put it onto this mat and it soaks up the excess water and i actually put that in on top of the rings and close the glass down on top of that and that's the only thing that ever rattled in our, both our last camper and this camper, but it doesn't do it anymore because I have this little draining mat. So that's something you could think about if you have a glass cupper or, or you know, the sink. Um, another way you can do it is just put a tea towel around that as well, or you can get those rubbery non-slip sheeting. I actually use that quite a lot in the camper as well and put it in between the glass and the, the sink itself or at the top of the cooker. But we have this little mat which fits in nicely and it does the job. Yeah, I know that glass is, is pretty indestructible, but it'll still prevent wear and tear on that as well. It'll take a lot of the um, the impact from the rattle. Um, food mm-hmm. presses tend to kind of rattle quite a bit as well if you've got if you've got a lot of loose stuff in there. So you know, a lot of people I've seen use Tupperware. You know, they might keep all their their salts and peppers and things of the same shape and size in similar types of Tupperware. So we're not talking about like maybe tins or boxes or cereal more to do with kind of the small loose stuff just Mm -hmm. if you need then you can just lift the whole thing out as well which is an extra advantage yeah i have one tin of peas rolling around in the press because as you know (laughs) we were away the the weekend before last and i had cooked some dinner and i have one tin and i noticed that even just driving back from wexford a couple of weeks back i break i accelerate i turn a corner so i had to actually pull in take it out and just leave it down on the sofa until we got home but I tend to try and bring three tins of peas that will just fit in that corner. And then if I use one, <laughs> I replace them. it as soon as I go home. I think the tubware we just have our cornflakes, sugar, and I think coffee. And that's about yeah. all that we have in tubware. But I know Deirdre brings tubawares when she, you know, she pre-cook meals and put them in the fridge and stuff. But they all end up back out in the house then when we come home. That's but tubware is, is a good way. And back to the tea towels, of course, for pots and pans. If you have a few spare tea towels, I think you'd need more than kitchen roll to put in between them uh, to stop them. Or if you pack them tight enough, they shouldn't they shouldn't rattle on you. Yeah, and oven doors, I see people put um, oven gloves uh, and things like that over the door. Sometimes some of those doors rattle uh, rattle on the ovens or even some of the, the microwaves are probably more secure, but some of the older oven doors, they can kind of rattle as well. So um, that's it. And, you know, when you've got bottles in your motorhome as well, if you're bringing away a, a few beers or, or, or whatever, bottles of beer or bottles of wine, um, what we do is we use just, you know, those free Tesco cardboard foldable wine bottle separators. Oh, yes. They, they carry six, four or six. Yeah, there's six. Uh, so we take, we have a few of those in the motorhome. So we're bringing a, a couple of bottles. You know, we tend to use those and stop them from getting damaged and rattling as well. So that's a, a neat little trick. And if the small bottles are the smaller ones, you can just, again, stuff details or socks or something in between them if you need to to quieten them down or something from moving do you not have a drinks cabinet in your motorhome that holds like we'll say three bottles wine sized bottles no 
Oh, we have. Even in, in the last one, in, in the, the long motorhome, the gate class we had, we actually had a drinks press which held five cups and five bottles. It's basically just a piece of wood with five big holes and you slot the bottles into it. And the motorhome we have now, under the sink, between what, what I call my pots and pans press, there's two presses under the sink, one under the sink and one under the kit, under the cooker. And between there, we've actually got a slot that holds three bottles of wine, now, or three, three bottles of whatever. Listen, door rattling, and this only happened, I was out with the van today. Um, one, one door in the bedroom is... It's not rattling a lot, but it rattles when the when the press is empty. I tend to keep clothes in the camper all year round because we use it so much. But one press started rattling on me the other day. And I just see here now and I never I was trying to I was putting Velcro in and I was putting in bits of sellotape, anything just to fill the gap. And then I see here self-adhesive felt pads to tighten up the doors and dampen down the, so- the sound of them. I never thought of them. You can get these little sticky pads. Yeah. St- yeah, sticking them in the corner and just close the door. But as you say here, make sure that you get the right thickness. I never thought of them. I was rolling up bits of gaffer tape into the size yeah. of a little and just pad. Just to wedge them in, I know. Just to the, wedge it in, yeah. The last one is probably the biggest problem, noise problem, I think, in, in most family motorhomes anyway, and that's rattling kids. So if you've got kids rattling on, what you could do is you could give them a tablet. And no, I'm not talking about drugs. I'm talking about the Android or iOS kind. That should quieten them down. Or leave them with their grandparents. <laughs> well, that's true as well. Yeah, yeah. So just thought something uh, uh, something to, to help people get rid of some of those noises in the motorhome. Again, it's probably more of an issue now for uh, somebody who's new to, to, to camping. If you have any suggestions that aren't on that list, maybe there is something you do, uh, please do let us know and we'll give you the contact details at the end of the podcast, as we always do. Now, we like to look at a few products and you're great for coming up with these little things for hiding things and storing things and carrying things. What have you got this time? I like checking out the different um, motorhome sites, the, you know, the accessory sites and that just for a little um, tips and tricks and knickknacks to help people. Um, I, I suppose I've been looking at, at people's garages over the years and most people's garages everything tends to just get thrown in and there doesn't seem to be any sort of organization about them now there are some people who would be ocd about it um but mm-hmm. i saw this um this product from tool t-h-u-l-e they do the um roof racks and, and that for cars uh, you'd probably see them in halfords and places like that they do um a different lots of different uh shapes and sizes uh, what they call it go box it's a foldable garage organizer you could use this for your car boot just as easily as well but you can get different sizes so they're handy and they're foldable for easy storage they're perfect to store all kinds of things in the vehicle garage or even the trunk of the car it has side pockets then to keep fragile items safe and close at hand just thought it was a little simple uh, trick when you're not used you can fold it up but you can get different sizes and as you want things you can just pull out the whole organizer and take it away and again it just keeps your your garage a little bit more organized uh, just to continue the products section Aaron you know I suppose the spring is starting to slowly very slowly eke its way in you know I think people are going to start going out on kind of longer weekend camps now and inevitably the awnings will start going up I know a lot of mm-hmm. people kind of take pride in kind of kitting out their awnings to make them as homely as possible so I just thought I'd say like you know what do you do with your awning to try and, and make it you know, make it feel like a, a, a living room away from home. I was just suggesting a couple of things that you might 
consider putting into them. Yeah, some of these, some of our crew have, and some of them, I I don't like the idea of the first one, but we have seen them and we've seen them work well. And that's those inflatable couches. They take up a lot of storage space, or or do they? You have an inflatable couch. Yeah, we bought one. You need a pretty decent size awning to, to use those. You know, our awning would be quite small, but... um. Uh, I know Tony and the camping crew. He's got a a double size awning, and he has a village. That's couch. not an awning. Yeah. He he carries a village with him, and he could fit two couches in there with still plenty of room for a table and chair. And we we've often done that. But those inflatable couches are, are great for the kids just to to and the adults to to lounge out on. You know, um, you could get a small table then and and put it in there and hang your fairy lights up around the awning. Again, everything is just kind of you know, make it like a, a welcoming place and a place just to chill and relax of an evening. And throw down a, a ground sheet, of course, or t- you can get those floor, the rubber floor tiles. And we mentioned Halfords earlier on, although they're getting out of the camping gear, but you can get these little floor tiles about two foot square that click together or just throw down a an awning ground sheet. But be careful what kind of fire you light when you're using the awning ground sheet. It's in the range over the weekend and they have a great deal on those floor tiles. They're, they're really selling those off if you wanted to pick up a few of those. But the awning carpets are, are good as well. And we have a storage cabinet if we're going um, to stay, you know, a week in a place. We generally put up that and uh, free up a bit of space kind of and, and stop things from getting kind of thrown around. Just different kind of, I suppose, non-perishable foodstuffs that you don't need to keep in the fridge. It's just you want to be able to access handy out in the awning. And speaking of food, you can get those foldable fruit and bread baskets, which are handy to have again if you want to make it look that little bit homely, if you're going to be somewhere for a week or so. That's it, or a nice vase with flowers. I know a lot of people like putting flowers in their uh, in the awning. And, um, you know, we, we spoke about it uh, uh, last week, I think the week before. You can get yourself a, a heater for the awning as well, a, a fan. Um, uh, one of the fan heaters are probably the most recommended, the gas ones. I wouldn't be keen on those, you know, given no. the, the the potential for danger there. But some of the fans they can they can burn holes in the ground sheet, of course, the gas ones, as we well know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then, of course, for you guys, and being a non-drinker, I'm thinking of you guys here. I'd always have a couple or at least one nice bottle of wine as well. Something to kit out your awning and make it more homely. If you have any uh, particular things you uh, like to have in your awning to make it feel a little bit more more like home, maybe you might tell us as well. Let's head into camping life. I came across an article which intrigued me from a website called IrelandBeforeYouDie.com. They gave a list of the top 10 campsites, but I narrowed it down to what their um, viewers recommended as the top five campsites in Ireland. Now, CampsiteReview.com, we actually have 10 or 12 campsites that are open all year, but we also have the top five campsites in Ireland. And the way it's done on Campsite Review, as you guys comment on a campsite, and if it's a good comment, it obviously climbs up the ladder. And I know, and it's it, this is <laughs> this is just a sheer fluke. It's not because it's my favorite campsite, but the most talked about campsite or the most positively remarked on campsite on campsite review is the Glen of Arlow, followed by Morris Castle, followed by Blarney, followed by Nagels, and then Flemings in Kerry. And I came across this, um, as I say, Ireland before you die. And in fifth place, Nocala in County Donegal. Fourth place, Wavecrest in County Kerry, which is on our list. Goosey Island in Sneem, which I've passed but never stayed on. The second campsite that they recommend you go to before you die, the Glen of Arlow in County Tipperary. And the first one is Corcregan. I think that's C-O-R-C-R-E-G-G-A-N, Corcregan 
uh, Craigan Mill in Donegal. Again, a place I haven't been to, but I'm hoping to head up north a lot more this year for campsitereview.com and for Charlie Amir Camping Vlog. So it's just something I came across. Ireland uh, before you die.com. If you want to check it out, they have a list of 10 campsites you should visit before you die. Yeah, it's good to get uh, somebody else's perspective, uh, different sites as well. And uh, again, there's a few on that site that I've never been to. Goosey Island is definitely one I want to try and get to this year if I can. Uh, I've seen some photographs of it and it just looks gorgeous. And I love all down in that, that area in um, along the Ring of Kerry there. And I think, and I'm not sure, but I think Goosey Island is actually open all year round as far it as is, I know. Yeah. I'm just going through our list here. and I, I think, think it's more of a stopover than, yes, than, than a campsite. Yeah, yeah. But it's beautiful. I've seen photographs of it and it, it looks absolutely, absolutely beautiful. So I'm hoping to head there ourselves. In fact, I wonder, I'm, I'm itching with the weather being bad over the last weekend. I'm itching to get away and get out camping as soon as we can. Right, finish up with something light. What have you got? Yeah, I was kind of debating whether I'd even put this in, but I just thought I'd ask us, like, uh, when we went camping first, we, we had our sleeping bags in the in the, in the the camper, and we used the sleeping bags. We switched back over to duvets. I think most people probably use duvets, but recently, as recently as last year, I kind of switched back to sleeping bags again. I just thought they were kind of handier and... I was just wondering what do what, what do other people do? Do anybody use sleeping bags? Or am I the only one, or um, do people still just bring out their duvets or have, you know, their own set of duvets in the motorhomes? Just an interesting one. I suppose a, a talking point to finish out the podcast. I've never used a sleeping bag in the motorhome. As soon as I bought my first motorhome, I think I bought a complete set of bedding for it, two sheets, four pillowcases and two pillows, and then the duvet is interchangeable. At the moment, we're running the winter duvet, which I think is about 10 or 11. I think it's TOG. But now, and I only said to Deirdre over the weekend, we'll be swapping that back, and it's basically just a sheet. There's so, so little feathers in the duvet. I think it's a two TOG. But uh, yeah, I've never used sleeping bags in the camper van. So on our end of things, we always use a, a duvet. So we'd like to hear from you guys. Duvet, yeah, sleeping I, bags, uh, let us know. I switched into a, a double one. I just found the duvets were just too warm during the summer. And I got one of those light, um, you know, those really light um, ones for the summer. And I just kind of got used to it. Then I, I kept it. I've got a, a winter sleeping bag that I think it goes down to about minus 10 or minus 20. One of oh, those. Wow. One of those savage ones, but I, I tend to just I kind of have it open rather than just thrown over me rather than completely zipped up inside it. Yeah, yeah. So let's get people's thoughts on that. And the only way we can get your thoughts is if you can get in touch with us. And Chris is going to tell you how you can get in touch with us. Yep, you can send us an email. Our email address is uh, simple. It's campingcrewpodcast at gmail.com. And you can reach us on Twitter at the camping crew. So it's at The Camping Crew. You can reach out to us on Facebook. We're in lots of the really good uh, Facebook groups. You can reach out to us as well on Motorhome Crack and motorhomefund.co.uk and boards.ie and lots of other uh, different forums as well. Um, You know, if if, if you want us, you'll track us down. Yeah, you'll find us out there. And of course, as I mentioned earlier on, we have campsitereview.com. It's a website with a forum, which is free and always will be. And we ask you to review products or your campsites or stopovers. And then, of course, Charlie and me, my chocolate brown cocker spaniel, have Charlie and me, our camping vlog, which is a YouTube channel. And we try our best to get videos up there every Friday if we can. A little bit slack over the winter months, but we try our best to get something up there every Friday. That's Charlie and me, our camping vlog on YouTube and the campsitereview.com is the website. 
Yeah, and if you want a sticker for your motorhome, camper van, or even your car, just drop us a message or an email, and uh, we'll pop one, pop one out in the post to you. We don't charge them; they're, they're free of charge. So look, just drop us a message, and we will get one out to you. Um, it'll help us spread the word, and they look really cool as well. So, uh, you know, your van will be. Uh, I suppose the price of your van will go up uh, by thousands, I think. Yes, the next people buying it will have to pay more VRT if they decide to re-register it because it'll have one of our camping crew for Charlie and me stickers on it. Not. Listen, that wraps up this episode 46 of the Camping Crew Podcast. Thank you for listening. Please do tell your friends about us and uh, pass the word around. So from me, Aaron Burchill, stay safe if you're still out camping. Uh, From me, Chris Byrne, goodbye. Well, that's it for another podcast from The Camping Crew. Thanks for listening and do join us again very soon. Safe camping.